Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Iowa Type Theory Commute. This is uh, evening edition as I'm going to the gym again. Uh, and I wanted to continue the thread I was talking about in the previous episode about um, the adoption of computer check proofs or lack thereof. And um, I have some more thoughts I want to share about maybe why um, why this technology has been slow to get adopted. Um, and I have some things to think to share about that, both for mathematics and for computer science. So for mathematics, we were talking last time about the fact that basically, if you want mathematicians to, as you know, we were saying, um, this Professor Buzzard is suggesting they should, um, uh, start adopting this kind of technology to make sure that their proofs are really correct and their theorems are really correct. Um, you're, unfortunately, and you know, of course, I mean, I work on tools for computer check proofs, so I mean, I'm definitely a supporter of the technology, but still, I think we have to recognize the reality that you're basically asking mathematicians to hand the, kind of hand the keys of the kingdom over to, to sort of other parties, you know? And as I was saying, if I were a mathematician, I would be not only skeptical and resistant to that, I might even be mad that somebody would propose this sort of power grab on me. Um, and I'll share a little story that sort of <laughs> gives a tone of that. It, it, um, uh, here at the University of Iowa, um, the computer science department, or most of it, is in the same building as mathematics. And I remember quite the headache that one of the older math professors caused. Um, actually, the math department there was kind of, um, uh, they definitely had different culture and different expectations from computer science. And one of those, I remember distinctly an older mathematician there insisting and making a huge point of the fact that all the classrooms needed to be equipped with slate chalkboards. Slate chalkboards, not whiteboards. Whiteboards are completely unacceptable. It has to be chalkboards. You know, and there's, I mean, this is part of the culture and part of the tradition. Um, I'll, I'll save my Alonzo Church story about this for another time about uh, chalkboards. But, um, you know, the, so saying, okay, instead of chalkboards and pen and paper and stuff, you guys have to switch to software that you, you know, don't know. You're not computer scientists. Think, but mathematicians are so ridiculously smart. It's like, yeah, there's lots of ridiculously smart people. Poets are ridiculously smart. There's lots of forms of intelligence. It doesn't all, it's not all the same. And so, you know, the kinds of intelligence that goes into being a good computer scientist is not necessarily the time kind that goes into being a good something else. Um, you know, I'm a weak mathematician. Uh, you know, I certainly remember in high school, you know, during these, some of these math events, I was like struggling, barely doing anything. But, you know, uh, praise God, I'm, you know, pretty acceptable computer scientist. So, um, so there's different forms of, of excellence, intellectual excellence, and, you know, so mathematicians who are so good at, at what they do are not necessarily great at mustering technology and creating technology. Of course, some of them are, because the skill sets are, you know, have some overlap for sure, um, but they're not identical. So anyway, so that's one problem for the adoption of computer tech proofs uh, in mathematics. Um, another problem is, for mathematics, is that you know, elegant mathematics, you don't grind through every little detail of every proof. And there's an art and a skill, and I say this as a, you know, with the, only the most baby, uh, you know, fluency in any kind of real mathematics, 
Yeah. Of course, you know, theoretical computer science is a formalistic and theoretical discipline, but it's not mathematics um, directly. And so, uh, you know, there's an art to presenting arguments and presenting ideas and eliding or skipping just the right details that a, a skillful, knowledgeable, competent reader can follow what you're saying and not, you don't have to waste space, you know, going over some drudgery uh details that, that they should be able to fill in. Well, those kind of gaps in, in, uh, in mathematical arguments, I mean, not gaps. A gap has this negative connotation that they're, they're, you're missing something. These are not gaps. These are just taking the right steps at the right pace, you know? If I were to describe, like, how do I get from here, Iowa City, Iowa, to Boulder, Colorado, let's say, that'd be a pretty fun destination to go to, Woo Boulder. Um, you know, if I were to, to describe it sort of inch by inch, you know, first... You go from exit 240 to exit 241. I mean, I could, you know, I could fill an encyclopedia of pointless details about how you get there. It's much simpler to say, oh, you just hop on, you know, I-80 and you go blah, blah, blah. I mean, so presenting the, uh, the route or the path of the idea with just the right level of information um, is an art. And it's an art in, in all kinds of disciplines. And it's certainly an art in mathematics. And so, unfortunately... <laughs> Computer technology is not, you know, proof-checking technology, proof-assistant technology is not up to the challenge at the moment. The kinds of steps and the kinds of things that mathematicians would like to leave as exercises, implicitly leave as exercises to the reader, are too big for computer proof-assistant technology to fill in. Because, um, and this is something I wanted to speak about more extensively and I'll have time to right now. You know, a proof assistant, there's a continuum between, um, of how much, uh, that continuum sort of determined by how much automation the proof assistant is able to provide, how much automated reasoning, that is how many algorithms, what kind of algorithms does such a tool have to attempt to prove certain pieces, to do certain parts of your proof fully automatically. Well, that technology is quite sophisticated. It's been around for half a century. It's been developing, not just around. It's been evolving. The field of automated reasoning, automated theorem proving, has been developing for a long time. And um, I have some indirect role to play in that, which I can comment on some other time. And, you know, but these tools, while very sophisticated and quite amazing in the, the arena that they, they're geared toward, um, they can't. They can't yet fill in the kind of information that a mathematician wants them to fill in. Um, or if they maybe could, it would require so much sort of pre-tuning and um, sort of initial guidance that it's it's not, you know, it's not helpful. It would take too much of an investment from a mathematician to try to sort of coach um, such a tool into being able to, to help, you know, fill in or pass over the steps that the mathematician wants them to, to skip over. You know, think of it as like, you know, rocks in the, the stream or something like that. You want to just sort of step over just the right ones and not get your feet wet. Um, and so that's a that's a technical problem. You know, there's cultural problems. Mathematicians want slate chalkboards. They don't want to mess with software as, as much as a computer scientist does anyway. Um, but there's also technical problems that the, the proof tools don't have the power that mathematicians need to, to carry on you know, sort of business um, as they're used to doing it. Um, now, there's also a problem for adoption of proofs for computer science, and this is something I could say more about 
more extensively you speak about as well. But um, and I'm coming to my place of exercise here. But I just want to show you with you this thought, which is that, um, and again, please remember, I'm actually trying to create technology to help people write computer check proofs about things, mostly about programs. I'm not so much um, geared, interested in formalization mathematics, but any of these tools should be able to let you do some mathematics as well as uh, form, formal proofs about computer science things like algorithms or whatever. Um, but uh, um, proofs are boring from a computational perspective. Now, this is blasphemy and uh, very offensive to, on many dimensions to many different kinds of people, but I'm really sorry to say that as a programmer, let's say, a proof doesn't do anything. Now, we'll come back and qualify that. This is the Type Theory Podcast, where, in fact, proofs are programs. They can and sometimes do carry out interesting computation. But by leaving that subtlety aside, you know, if I slave and slave away, remember I mentioned my earlier episode, it took over 200 person years of effort to formalize the proof of the Kepler conjecture in a proof system. 200 person years, okay? At the end of this Herculean effort, you just have a like, validation that says, yes, you're right. It's like, wow. It's like, man, I really need validation if I'm willing to spend 200 years of effort on it, right? That's a lot. That's big. I mean, you know, most people just want to pat on the back and say, like, hey, nice job. You, you did a good job today. I mean, <laughs> this is like a lot more than that, right? So, um, you know, as a programmer, when I labor and labor and labor over a formal artifact, man, I wanted to do something. I wanted to, you know, carry out some interesting computation for me, organize some information for me in some interesting way. A proof doesn't do that. It just says that what you have is right. Very powerful, but also from a sort of computational perspective, kind of boring. And, um, you know, so that's a part of the adoption problem too. It's like, why should I go to all this trouble um, to, to write this proof? I should just write more software and make make it do more cool stuff. Um, anyway, uh, that's it for tonight. Thank you again for listening.